Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Good evening. You are with me, Gizmo D, also known as Declan Fergulic. Uh, big shout out to Billy and big thanks to him for the last little while on Double Bounce. The time is just after 7pm. You are tuned to 3RRR 102.7 FM uh, on your wireless or online or on the app. Um, as I said, my name is Gizmo D. I'm going to be with you for the next hour, filling in on the mission, uh, normally hosted by Daniel James. Um, today is January 7th, 2020. Um, and before we go any further, I'd just like to pause to acknowledge that I am broadcasting today on uh, Wurundjeri country on the land of the Bunurong and the Wurrung people of the Kulin Nations. Uh, I myself am an Aranda man from Bantua, Alice Springs, Central Australia. So, um, as always, just take a moment to acknowledge um, the privilege that it is to live here and to, to be welcomed here to uh, live and, and work and, and do my thing and represent my family back home. So, big shout out to all my Adanda families, Ferber families in and around Bantua and Alice Springs. Um, and pay my respects to the local custodians and the elders and emerging elders of. The country on which I am welcome to live. Um, this is the first episode of the mission for this year, 2020, um, and I hope that wherever you are listening to this, you are safe from uh, the hundreds of fires that have been burning across the country uh, over this Christmas and New Year period, and indeed since August last year um, in East Gippsland, of course, but also New South Wales and South Australia. Um, ACT, Tasmania, WA, all across the country, really. And um, although conditions have eased substantially, um, especially in where we are here in, in Melbourne at the moment, things are quite cool. But we know that the season's far from over. And um, even in the next few days, authorities are predicting deteriorating conditions again and urging people to stay really vigilant and monitor the emergency broadcasts and social media services um, specific to your area. Um, and speaking of the fires, we're going to be having a yarn shortly to NITV journalist Madeline Heyman-Reber, who has been covering some of the effects of the fires um, in Aboriginal communities in Lake Tyres and Mogo and in the south coast of New South Wales. Um, she's going to come to the studio and have a chat with us and um, give people a bit of information about how they can follow coverage about these communities and other Aboriginal communities affected by fire throughout the country. Um, as the situations and and the repair and clean up and um, rebuilding efforts develop, um, and some of the some of the some of the information about First Nations communities in particular, something that I think some people have found that the mainstream media hasn't covered as well as they would have liked. Um, and in this spirit, I can also tell you, along with all the huge fundraising efforts that are happening around the country and, and indeed the world. I can tell you that if you want to donate to a specifically First Nations fire relief, Triple R's very own Neil Morris, also known as Dreaming Now, has started a 
uh, a GoFundMe page in the last couple of days called Fire Relief for First Nations Communities. And they have smashed right through um, their targets. Their most recent target was 500,000, up from the original target of 100,000. So um, jump on there and donate. That's, uh, that's on GoFundMe, Fire Relief for First Nations Communities. I'll mention it a couple more times throughout the show today. Um, but many of you will know Neil, um, as also known as Dreaming Now, uh, hosts still here on Sunday um, and is deeply involved in uh, lots of cultural events and community building and education in um, in Victoria, specifically around in Melbourne. He's a Yorta Yorta man. Um, he's also organised at least two fundraisers for the campaign, the fir- first of which is tonight at the Gasso this very evening. Um, unsurprisingly, the show has sold out as far as I can see. I went and tried to get a ticket before. Um, but there will be, I, th- I think I saw on his Twitter, there will be a second show at Northcote Social Club tomorrow night. That's Wednesday, 8th of January. So get your tickets. Um, they will be selling very fast if there are any left, which is great news for the campaign and bad news for you if you don't have a ticket. As I said, I don't have a ticket for tonight, but I might go down and see if I can pull a few strings and throw a bit of cash in a bucket and see, see, if, see what I can do because the lineup's going to be huge. Um, and if you do have a ticket to one of these events, you can look forward to seeing performances from Culture Evolves, Dreaming Now, The Marindas, Monica Cairo, Philly, Kian, Soju Gang, DJ Kian's, Lady Lash, Jury Jury Dancers, and tomorrow night uh, from Alice Sky, uh, Dimpa, Lauren Cherie, and more to be announced. Um, so yeah, they'll be they'll be really fantastic and and also really. Um, probably very moving shows to be at um, if you can get down. It would be really important um, time to, to come together in the, with, with other community members. And um, I know there's a lot of fundraising efforts going out from musicians all around Australia and the world at the moment. So um, a lot of gratitude for that. Um, so big shout out to all those acts. Um, We're going to be at North Coast Social Club and Gasso tonight and tomorrow. Um, big shout out to anyone heading down to support um, Neil and make, be sure to throw your money around as well as uh, the interview coming up with Madeline from NITV. Also have a bit of a look later on at some of the Aranda language projects and events happening um, in Mbantua or Alice Springs, as it's also known, which is where I'm from. It's been happening in the last couple of years. Now, last year, as many many of you will know, was the International Year of um, Indigenous Languages. And I was working on a bunch of projects myself and it really felt to me like um, there was a real groundswell and a real um, kind of effort last year to vitalise and revitalise the languages um, that are very precious to us um, and that that still exist. We're very lucky to have some of them in some form, some a lot stronger than others. Um, Certainly, Aranda is a language that is um, relatively broadly spoken but um, is still considered to be endangered. So we're going to have a look at later in the program um, some of the great audio audio projects and a new online um, collaborative word list project that's come out of um, Central Australia in the last... That one was published late last year, so we're going to have a listen to that. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. As I said, you're with me, Gizmo D, in here at Triple R Studios again. I'm going to be with you until um, 8 o'clock and then I'm also going to be back next Tuesday and the Tuesday after that to fill in for a good chunk of... The mission for January this year, 2020. Big shout out to uh, Daniel James and all the Triple R Studio crew for having me as usual. Um, it's lovely to have your company. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. 
Um, keep it tuned. Keep it locked. You are with me here on Triple R 102.7. Take it easy. Triple R. You're with me, Gizmo D, here at 3 Triple R 102.7 FM. You're on uh, the mission. And I have in the studio with me Gomorai Woman and 2018 First Nations Media and Human Rights Award winning journalist Madeline Heyman Reba. Welcome. Madeline, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Um, now, you've been uh, covering some of the fires over the last um, period, the last few weeks um, with a specific focus through your job at um, NITV, um, working, working on Aboriginal communities. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the places that you've covered and, um, yeah, and what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, so last week um, we have a really small team at NITV, so it was basically just two of us on and that was basically when, you know, shit hit the fan. <laughs> um, so I, you know, it, it, I was actually close to the south coast at the time. Um, I was staying in Goulburn, which is um, near Canberra where my family live. Um, and so I and Mogo um, in particular, that little tiny town that got completely burnt out, um, is really close to my heart because we used to actually go and holiday holiday there um, all the time. So it was pretty like you know hard and draining to do that, but it's just nothing compared to what those people have experienced. So you visited Mogo? I didn't go out there, no. Um, but I spoke to some people who were on the ground. Um, I spoke to uh, the CEO of uh, Mogo Local Aboriginal Land Council, um, Auntie Linda Carlson. Um, and she filled me in. It was, um, you know, she was close to tears. Um, you could hear, you know, the emotion in her voice. But uh, five people out there at the time had sadly lost their homes from the um, who were members of the Mogo um, Aboriginal Land Council. Um, and she was describing to me kind of the scenes that she was seeing. She was in Batemans Bay when the fire came through, and um, she was just sitting there. Um, checking the uh, fires near me app um, and refreshing it, you know, every so often. Uh, she said that this big gust of wind came through and she was watching on the map and she refreshed it and all of a sudden it had just gone completely through the town of Mogo. Um, the sky went black. It was like apocalyptic, as we keep hearing people say uh, when they witness, you know, the sky like that. Um, and then she found out that, it, you know, the town was com- basically completely destroyed the that iconic main street of Mogo, um, if you've ever been down the New South Wales south coast you'll know, um, was completely gone, all the businesses are gone and unfortunately so was the um, Mogo Land Council building. So it's pretty sad. And had she been, she'd been evacuated from there to Batemans Bay earlier? I think she lives in Batemans Bay, yeah. So she was uh, staying there, it's not far away, it's about a 10 kilometre drive um, but I think it's kind of closer than ten kilometres as as the crow flies. Yeah, and is a big is there a big um, Aboriginal pop, uh, population and community around Mogo? Is there a um, is there a housing co-op there or anything like that? Uh, yeah, they have. So they have the land council. They also I know they have a nursing home. I'm not too sure about um, what the exact population is, but yes, there's a few people living out there. The, um, the Ewan mob, they live all up and down the New South Wales south coast. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and what other parts of um, of the coast have you been covering? I know you covered um, around Lake Tyres. Yeah, so I uh, rang Lake Tyres when they were um, 
I think they had been asked to be evacuated, but it was too late for them to do so. Um, a lot of people had decided to stay. Um, I spoke to Auntie Carrie Tr- Trigoning. Um, she's going to kind of, and um, she was saying that she decided to stay because her f- elderly father, who um, was sick with cancer, did he wanted to stay on country. That was really important to him. So she and her son decided to stay. Um, you know, they had a plan that if it came down, they would get into the lake. Um, and, yeah, I spoke also spoke to uh, someone at the Aboriginal, uh, the Lake Ties Aboriginal Trust out there, and they were just basically trying to make sure everyone stayed safe. They had people on oxygen. Um, but in the end, um, I read in The Age, I think it was, that uh, someone actually came and you know, <laughs> convinced everyone to leave um, in the last few days because it was, you know, going to be terrible. Like, com- yeah, it would be completely wiped out. But um, I haven't uh, been able to get onto anyone <laughs> from there uh, for now because everyone's been put, like, they all are staying with family apparently, so they're all safe, which is great. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I think I read myself that um, that people had... The, I think that the the town is um, the town itself, the township itself at Lake Tyres um, was, and I don't know if this is hundred percent true, but it seemed like it had been hadn't been um, too badly affected, and that that people were able to, everyone there had been able to stay safe. Yeah, I think everyone stayed safe, which is a good thing. Um, and all the there was about twenty two people missing, I think, and they've all been found safe as well, which is really good. Yeah, I keep finding, I keep hearing this on on um, on the radio, is that the you know, you're hearing really high levels of people unaccounted for and that's like, I don't know, there's a, there's a little part of you that automatically kind of fears the worst but I've been really um, grateful to hear that number just get lower and lower and, um, yeah, the emergency service workers have been doing, I think everyone has been really um, really blown away by the by the way that they've been, been supporting us and supporting the community. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, I was really glad to hear because I, th- I thought the same thing. You know, I think you just your mind just jumps to conclusions when you're hearing about these really horrible things that are happening. What's been your like? What's been your experience talking with like um, like blackfellas when you're doing that, working that um, in that formal way, um, covering covering stories, but also just in in conversation with like other blackfellas in the community. What's the general like? How how are people um, talking about what's happening now with the fires and how? How are people experiencing it emotionally and what kind of reactions and responses have you been having in, in conversations with friends and family and stuff? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of people obviously are upset it's happening to the country. Um, a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, managing the land, giving it back to be managed by Aboriginal people in the cultural way. Um, and that's what that's what I've been basically hearing. But the people that I've been speaking to on the grounds, that's the last thing they're really thinking about. They're just thinking about, you know, saving their homes, helping their family, um, saving themselves. Um, so I think that's probably like stuff. And I've seen a lot of commentary commentary on it um, on social media. But I feel like that's a conversation that we need to be having after, um, you know, this all blows over. But it is so important to have it. Um, and to see, you know, how we can prevent this from happening again. Yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. That um, you know, while there are those kind of broader structural issues to talk about, and um, you know, those matters to do with what, um, a right or wrong way to um, 
to to understand or see this on a broader scale at like at the moment really there's that kind of immediate base kind of need of like am i safe is my family safe um is my community safe is my home safe and yeah i think you're right the 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 more energy that can go into just protecting people and their livelihoods um but i I also know i haven't been on social media a lot particularly because it's it's such a such a storm of um of of kind of critique and debate it can be quite difficult to um yeah get a get a get a get a clear sense when there's lots of um lots of opinions and lots of ideas kind of being thrown around yeah i love i love uh reading people's opinions and you know digesting it all um it's really interesting to me but i've been trying to kind of keep my mind out of that (laughs) at the moment um with this other stuff as well yeah um and that kind of brings me to my next question which was that um how do you stay up to date with with your coverage of the fires and particularly with with coverage of um, you know, with, with how the media or how social media has been able to cover Aboriginal communities and people in particular. Are there any people that you follow that you would recommend that people follow online? Yeah, for sure. So we've got... Um, I would suggest that everyone follows our journalists at NITV. Um, you can find us on Twitter pretty easily. I won't go through everyone's handle. Um, but if you check out the NITV Twitter page, we always tag our journalists when we put up a story. Um, so there's quite a few people... Um, on our tiny team (laughs) who have been doing stories from various parts across the country because there's also um, obviously the fires happening in South uh, South Australia, Kangaroo Island, um, and Western Australia as well. Um, I actually read earlier that Western Australia as of tonight apparently might be cut off completely to the rest of the country because every road is going to either be fire affected or affected by the floods up north. Uh, which are expected from the heavy rainfall that's coming from that cyclone that formed off the coast. Yeah, I heard. I just heard <laughs> on the way here that there was a cyclone forming off the coast up north. Yeah, it would be nice if it brings the rain over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, like the the the, the country is being sandwiched between f- fires and and cyclones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I might just drop a couple names for for people who want to stay up to date. Um, because um. Yeah, there, I think that I think there is a real there's a real um, urgency and a and a desire for um, blackfellas to be able to follow specifically Aboriginal um, communities that are being affected. Um, and the ones that I know that I've been uh, looking a bit on Twitter are at Indigenous X, um, at Dr M Longbottom, at Flash Black, at Dreaming Now, Neil Morris, at Meriki, uh, it's M E R I K I K O, um, and that's Meriki Onus. Um, and at A-R-A-D-O-U-G um, is another one. Um, so, yeah, hey, thanks, Heath, for coming in. Um, is there anything else you wanted to sort of say or have a chat about or yarn about before you headed off? Yeah, I, there is one more thing I just wanted to mention. It's that um, Bujbim cultural landscape has actually been saved from a bushfire that got pretty close to it the other day which is a really good thing because it's um actually unesco world heritage listed um they got that listing i think it was the middle of last year um and it's also very close to lake condemnation but luckily uh neither place have been affected um that's our gunditjmara country yeah yeah it is uh so i spoke to uncle dennis rose um and he was really happy you know he was really praising the fireys for doing such a great job and i think just across the whole country they're doing such a great job yeah, great. Um, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I noticed that as well, and that's that's really good because it's it is a it's wetlands that formed around a volcano, as far as I know, um, and that have been 
um, sort of revegetated and, and, yeah, been made part of the UNESCO heritage listing in the last few years. Yeah. That's out west, yeah? Uh, yes, Western Victoria, yep. And so there's fish traps as well. I'm not entirely sure how they work, mm. but it sounds really interesting. Um, luckily, it's also because it's, you know, obviously made of, it's like a lava, was formed by lava or something. Um, so because it's mas- mostly stone and lava, um, it's hard to kind of affect it anyway. But there was concerns around some trees, I think. Um, but they'll as- reassess the damage when they're allowed to go back out there. Beautiful. Hey, thanks, Heath, for coming in um, this, this afternoon, this evening, Madeline. And you're going to head down to um, the gig at the Gasso tonight, I hear? Yeah, definitely. It'll be fun. <laughs> Who are you looking forward to seeing playing there? Uh, probably Neil. He's my favourite. Yeah, great. <laughs> Dreaming now. Yeah, he's yeah. such a legend. Um, uh, great. So thanks, Heath, for coming in. Um, and we'll speak to you next time. No worries. Thank you. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. It's great to have your company. My name is Gizmo D. You are on Three Triple R on the mission. I'm filling in for Daniel James this week. Um, just had Madeline in from NITV talking about her some of her coverage of the bushfires uh, over the recent period and how they've been. Uh, affecting in particular First Nations communities on the south coast of New South Wales and out in East Gippsland. The time is about 20 to 8. I'm going to be with you until 8 o'clock. I'm just going to let you know again where you can um, donate to uh, Neil Morris's um, Bushfire Relief Fund. Uh, He's brought up a a campaign on GoFundMe uh, and it's called Fire Relief for First Nations Communities. Um, they've been smashing their targets. The first one was 100,000. Next one was 500,000. Uh, and I believe that they're well past that now. So get on there and donate a bit of money. Um, and also have a look online for some of the um, some of the other fundraisers you can get down to tomorrow night at Northwood Social Club for that that same that same fund that same campaign. Um, now, going to move into talking about some language projects from uh, Central Australia now. So Central Aranda is the language spoken uh, in Alice Springs with variants spoken to east, west and south. Um, I should say it's one of many languages spoken in Alice Springs, but it is the one, it is the one um, local to um, and traditional to the, the country upon which Alice Springs is actually built. Um, so, um, and Abmara and Kanjekana, um, which translates to um, a place for language, is an artist-led social project made in collaboration with Aranda people in Mbantua or Alice Springs, as it's known. Um, and it is it happens in a little yellow shed in the middle of town called um, called the called Yellow House. And the initial intensive period of activity for the project was in June to July 2017, um, and it physically transformed the disused shed in the middle of town repurposing the space and opening it as a site where people could come together and participate in exchanges that prioritise under knowledge. Uh, the Yellow Shed, as it's called, hosted events such as the uh, very popular 50 Words Everyone Living in Mbantua Should Know, uh, which is um, a community challenge that tested audience knowledge. Uh, it also filmed screenings um, of films in Aranda languages and held panel discussions on contemporary Aranda language issues 
other than the storytelling events and early childhood education sessions. Um, inside the um, the shed, the was displayed is displayed a legacy of local Adunda language work, including audio and video content, uh, plus specially created elements, including a large topographic map of Mbantua um, or Alice Springs with audible site names, a language learning audio tour available for collection, a no shame pronunciation booth where people can go and try out their pronunciation of uh, what are quite difficult Adunda words and a range of physical learning resources and a mini library. Um, one of the most successful projects for um, for the team has been the 50 Words That Everyone Should Know series um, and the team have since followed up with the 30 phrases that everyone in, Bant- in Mbantua should know uh, and these have been recorded in audio as well as turned into posters and flashcards uh, and we're going to hear now the first 10 phrases from the 30 phrases that everyone should know and you can find the rest on the SoundCloud um, at the Watch This Space um, the SoundCloud of the Watch This Space Artist Run Space website. Triple R. Number one. Wada. Onda mora. Wada. Onda mora. Yeah, yang mora. Yeah, yang mora. Yeah, yang mora. Hello. Are you well? Yes, I am well. Wada. Onda mora. Yeah, yang mora. Wada. Onda mora. Yeah, yang mora. Number two. Wanda Morantanarinya. Wanda Morantanarinya. Wanda Morantanarinya. What place are you from? Wanda Morantanarinya. Wanda Morantanarinya. Wanda Morantanarinya. Three. A young Arandaka Kaltia Erejaka. A young Arandaka Kaltia Rejaka. A young Arandaka Kaltia Rejaka. I want to learn Aranda. What's the name for that? Yeah. Or what do you call that? Yeah, what, do you what, call you that? Call, what do you call that, Arana? Yeah. yeah, so you're asking like what, some, what the name in Aranda for something is, you would say. Yeah. Five. A young awaranam. A young awaranam. Which means I'm not up for it. Not really feeling that, like doing that today. Mm-hmm. I'm not up for it. Number six. Wonder Pachama Changanga. Wonder Pachama Changanga. Will you come with me? Will you come with me? Wonder Pachama Changanga. Wonder Pachama Changanga. Seven. You went down on a borrigan. You went down on a borrigan. What shall we do? Which means get some water. Get some water. Fetch me some water. Oh, get me some water. Get me some water. Nine. Money at the check. Money at the check. So, which means. Make a pie to cook the food. 
number 10. Wotangai. 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 Say it again. Wotangai. Wotangai. Say it again. Wotangai. That's the sounds of uh, not a complete audio take, but um, part of an audio take. Apologies for the technical difficulties again, but um, from NITV. Um, and that was Joel Little talking about the um, Indigemoji app um, with Aranda emojis designed as part of an intergenerational language project in Alice Springs and launched in um, around November last year. Um, and it's the first, first one of its kind in the world um, and hopefully functioning as a kind of pilot for um, other, other teams to develop um, culturally specific emojis for, um, for a whole lot of Aranda words. And it's a really fantastic little app. I've got it on my phone and um, there's all sorts of stuff from, um, from little iconic, I- iconic images like, um, like, a, like the Central Australian bush bus or a footy um, or a love heart with, um, with, a, with traditional paintings all over it. But then also there are some um, uh, totemic animals from that region like uh, golden bandicoot and, um, and, the, and the, uh, the central bilby, um, both of which are uh, not really to be found too much in, in that region anymore, which is, um, which is a really difficult thing. But um, part, of the, part of the loving intention behind creating the emoji app was... Um, was to to keep to keep those animals alive through their images through people's phones and um, and and through the discussions that that went into putting together um, that app um, between some of the some of the oldest some of the older um, language custodians who hold that really deep understanding and the in the deep complex understandings of the language um, as it was as they learnt it um, and conversing with um, developing the app through conversing with some of the younger people um, who helped to draw and then develop the, the technology to create this set of apps. So it's called Indigimoji and you can get it uh, anywhere on on, the, on your smartphone. You can download it. Um, it's a really exciting little app and makes me feel really close to home. Um, before that, we heard the 10 of the 30 phrases that everyone living in Mbantwa should know. So you heard... Um, some of the voices of Margaret Kamara Turner, Amelia Gunawara Turner, Magdalene Marshall, Margaret Scobie, Veronica Dobson, Teresa Ryder, and Lorraine Gorey. And that was recorded with uh, Amelia Kunawara Turner, Veronica Kunawara Turner, Magdalene Marshall, Stephen Kernan, and um, Beth Sometimes, who was the um, non Aboriginal artist leading that collaborative project. My name is Gizmo D. You've been with me here on uh, the mission filling in for daniel james this evening i'll see you next i'll speak with you next week and the week after um hope you have a fantastic evening uh take care of yourselves thanks for listening to the podcast of triple r's the mission a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country the mission is broadcast live on triple r every tuesday evening Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.